That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Mania. Alongside for the ride is a man that used to be called JC. Now he's named Honey Bear. Welcome to the show, Honey Bear. Is this a reference I'm supposed to understand? Yeah, do drop. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's okay. It's an audience of one. I do it for myself every week. I don't really care if anybody else laughs. I was thinking, I was like, like am I missing something or is this a Nestle? Oh, it's so. it's definitely Nestle Mania kind of thing. It's fine. It's fine. But well, I guess what, uh, Nestle, we, we are going to get to do job because you know what? Uh, she, uh, even when they were setting up the match, I love that it's like, even Marie and her friend, I was like, this is great. They're really making them squirm. But we'll get to that because. That obviously there was big happenings there. Money in the bank is uh, we're headed there, but first, before we get there, we have to stop at Hell in a Cell. Which um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, we certainly got our full of them because we had one on SmackDown. We had two on uh, pay per view Hell in a Cell. Then we got a bonus one on Monday. So they got used out of their red cage. We're going to start with the show on Sunday. The pay per view, uh, obviously, Mandy and Natalia match of the year candidate on the pre show. We don't need to talk about that. We kicked off the night with. Bianca Belair and Bailey inside Hell in a Cell and WrestleMania. My biggest takeaway from this match was Bianca Belair's gear was super hot fire. She did make it herself, and there was a lot of flames. There was as as a flameologist so as yourself, as a flameologist as yourself. How many flames was that? Too many flames? Not enough flames? Just no, the right amount? There's never there's never enough flames, man. Oh, it's, so it was, it was it was absolute super hot fire. So the, pretty good too. so the match was pretty decent, I thought. I, I really appreciate it. The, this, in my opinion, this is where people are going to get mad at me. I think I said it last week. I don't think this match has any business being in Hell in a Cell. Like, they was just rush-jobbed into it, which is fine. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was still believable, still very good. Uh, I, you know, obviously, like we talked about, it doesn't matter the lead-up anymore. It's just, there it is. Um, but I I did I did cackle like a little schoolgirl when she set up the, the what was it the kendo sticks and michael cole was like trying to do what she did last year to sasha shut up michael we know like i just i lost <laughs> it i was like I, I they're never gonna have like they do a lot of intergender matches but if they ever do bailey and cole that match right it'll there happen. it's it'll happen at some point and it, it'll come out of nowhere when they do it the thing is is that i think if they maximized it this this is where you think i'm gonna be fucking like you know crazy if Michael Cole versus Bailey was was to happen, do not put it on TV. You got to put it on pay per view. You have to make people want to go no, see that thing. No, that's that's WrestleMania. That's SummerSlam. That's that's going to be a big deal when and if they do it. I honestly, I thought this past WrestleMania, since Bailey didn't really have a match, I thought that was maybe a place to do it. But obviously, they had her. She she had a segment. She was all over. She had like forty segments. Yeah, that didn't matter. Yeah, none of them so. did. But no, I, I mean, I, I did appreciate the match. The KOD on the ladder was was great, but I think the real the real story here is they find a way to use the hair every single time, and uh, it's Love it. it's awesome. And I, I, it's not old yet. 
It's not old hat or old hair, but it's it's not real hair either. I just, I really enjoyed it with the, the tying of the chair and fighting against the chair. The one thing that made me laugh at the beginning was like a hair versus the chair thing, which is like comical. I was going to say, are we, are we in for a hair versus chair match? I have no idea. It yeah, I know. I know how much you love chairs and stairs, so, you know, just saying, why not hair? Hair, chair, stair, whatever. Hair, hair is better than stairs, though. So. So it's, Sorry, Eric I forget I, you were so you you uh, you were late to the party of the jobber knocker when we were watching this uh, pay-per-view live with some of the boys. Um, but the, the 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 I forget who brought it up. It might have been Ray Ray or Danny. I forget exactly. Somebody said something where it was. Do you think this is going to lead to a hair match at some point? Like for her, for for Bel Air at some point to be against somebody with a hair match. Bailey, I, I, I honestly I feel like when you talk about this like after their last match, like the way they used the hair. I was like, man, I really feel like we might be headed to Bailey getting her head shaved. And I think if they did do a third match here, which I don't know if they'll do it right away because they did, they kind of, I think it, they need to have a little stopgap here for Bianca and not just immediately go back to Bailey. But knowing WWE, it probably will be. But I could definitely see these two have a hair match. I think it makes sense because, I, yeah, I do. It, it makes so much sense with Bianca. And you know she ain't shaving that thing. No. So it's going to be whoever she's facing. And Bailey seems like the prime candidate. So, Yeah, I mean, I think she's good enough to, to, to carry that kind of Kurt Angle, like, fake hairdo kind of thing. Like, I think I could see her doing that. And shut up, Michael. I'm wearing a toupee. Like, that'd be great. I think that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very, very entertaining, which she's been she's, – she's done the best she can in this situation. Um, I am curious – going forward what we do with it if there is a third one because here's here's what I've, I've learned about Hell in a Cell everybody looks at Hell in a Cell as a feud ender right so then this not is, anymore no not anymore I mean that this is this it ended was, one feud actually actually it did the main event right the main event but everything else felt like it was part of a play school set you know what I mean it was just just background like it was just it is what it is folks you know but I'm curious how you feel about it because it feels like it started or continued more feuds than it did end feuds so the problem is and we've talked about this is with the themed pay-per-views they paint themselves in a corner. Hell in a Cell used to be the perfect feud ender because it wasn't a pay-per-view, so it would come at any time. Like, the Lashley McIntyre, as much as we hated this being the 80,000th match, it made sense as a feud ender, and it was a feud ender. But by having it as its own gimmicked event, you force yourself into having to force matches in there. So it just, that's, it's always going to be a problem with these things, pay-per-views. Same thing even to, like, a smaller extent, like TLC and all these other ones. Like, if you have a themed pay-per-view, very rarely does it feel like the match deserves that. It'd be like if they had a steel cage pay-per-view as well, and you have to force it. It's just, it's dumb. The only themed ones that work are like the Rumble, Survivor Series, um, whatchamacallit, Money in the Bank, which we're headed to. Like, those are fine, because those, like, they're plug-and-play. Even the Elimination Chamber sometimes feels forced, so. No, I, I totally disagree uh, on, on one thing, though, because I think if you do Hell in a Cell properly, it could feel like that. But they don't. They don't go. They don't go out no, of their way like, to do it. No, but like, you want it as a themed pay per view? I don't like it as a themed no, pay per view. No, uh, it's like, oh, this is in October. That means every single year we have to have Hell in Cell match. Like they, right now, it's like this pay per view was in June. Right now, shit, we gotta have Hell in Cell match. And they're like, well, we have the cage, so we might as well have like six matches, which also doesn't help because it used to be you'd have one, maybe two. Now it's like we have four, so the thing doesn't feel special when you're seeing it over and over again either. No, I, and I don't. It's disagree. Overdone I, this force. I don't know. I don't disagree with you on that. What I was trying to say was. It would be nice to find a way to make it so that it was something you had to get, like, an opportunity. Like, the Royal Rumble is an opportunity. The Money in the Bank is an opportunity. Like you said, it's stakes for some reason. For that, These are reasons why these things work. Survivor Series, I don't even think, has stakes, nor depending, should be thrown out altogether. Because Survivor Series is dog shit, in my opinion. I meant in terms of a themed pay-per-view. Sure, though. okay. Like, so it, we're, we're, we're having a different in, argument. Like, if you're going to do it, yeah. It's not, yeah. 
And so for me, it would be like if they could find a way to make Hell in a Cell, like at least Elimination Chamber, as you get to Elimination Chamber, you might main event WrestleMania. I can buy that. I can't buy that Elimination, sorry, I can't buy that Hell in a Cell has any stakes to it. Like if you if you had some reason to get into Hell in a Cell in order to, you win Hell in a Cell, you get something, then I'm all for it. But they won't do that because they just make it seem like it's a it's a structure and I think that's that out of all the theme pay-per-views, this is the only one that I think we can really put a flag in that really bothers us. This one and TLC are the two that jump out to me because a lot of times for TLC, it's like, do they really need to have a TLC match or climb a ladder for this? A lot of the times, like, it doesn't feel like those to me because there's usually reasons to have stipulations on matches. And by having it as a date on a calendar, like, I get what they're trying to do. You want to make all the pay-per-views differently because it'd be like, oh, man, like, if Money in the Bank's coming to Boston, we're super excited. We get fucking like payback. We might not be as excited because I'm be like, oh, what are we gonna see? We, you know, we might not see a ladder match. We might not see this, but by Hell in a Cell, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. We get to see Hell in a Cell matches. But the other side of it is this. So it's mm-hmm. you're gonna lose either way you do it. Okay. Moving on, we have uh, well, we had an Alexa promo that was talking about things, but that's fine. We go on to Seth and Cesaro, which I thought was a Roll great. Up. Hey! I didn't, hey, listen, as 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 King Roll Up myself, Fruit Up, uh, I just I the Fruit Roll Up thing is always like you know me, obviously JC, but the crowd here in the Jobberknocker knows that I absolutely abhor. That's a three dollar word, uh, a roll up, and it is, it's up there. It it's like eight man tags. Actually, it's ten man tags, eight man tags, six man tags, roll ups. I think is probably number four in that list, and I didn't mind this one. I thought it was a really nice match. It was kind of a, it was a wet, wet your, you know, your whistle kind of at appetizer kind of thing. It didn't feel like a full-fledged match, in my opinion. It wasn't what they did at WrestleMania or what they did on SmackDown to kind of sort of end it. Seth got his groove back. I think Seth is going to continue to win. We, I, I would imagine if we're not seeing both of these guys at Money in the Bank, we are going to see one more match. I really think Cesaro should be in the Money in the Bank because that's, I think, what everybody's expecting. These guys, I would, I would be shocked if they were, if. Cesaro, Seth Rollins, and Big E weren't in Money in the Bank. Okay. I feel like those four guys, like those three guys out of the four slots SmackDown will have on the men's side, those guys have feel like locks. And then the other one, whether if it's Apollo or Sammy or something like that. But I, if those three guys aren't in Money in the Bank, I would be shocked because when we've been talking about Money in the Bank, Big E and Cesaro have been like the favorites for like pretty much a year now of guys that were projecting. So you kind of want to get those guys in there even if they're not going to win because it gives more people that you think can actually win. Um, and then Seth just makes a lot of sense for it. And honestly, I think Seth is a dark horse to win the money in the bank because you think about it. We always talk about it. Heels are better with money in the bank. And Seth is a guy who could carry this thing. He's going to end up back in the main event picture at some point. We don't know when. It would make so much sense, especially with Roman Reigns as champion. He could use that to put himself in it. So I think he'd like, he's a dark horse. So that's why I think on the SmackDown side, because the Raw Men's side, we'll get to that. A lot of exciting stuff, but maybe not so many winners qualifying there. SmackDown has three guys here that you could all make a legit case to be the favorite going into that match. So these two are going to continue to feud, but I think they're going to be feuding in the ladder match. And then if they don't win or even if they do win, they'll probably keep feuding after the ladder match. Maybe they'll even go for against the briefcase after the fact. So who knows? You know, I mean, it's they could have that whole thing go back and forth because that's the one, that's the one thing I've always wanted to see. And I, I know it's never going to happen, but. It's interesting to me, at least, is like so. So for me, like I know it's not necessarily. It happened last year. So Miz be noticed for it. No, no, no. So here's 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 what I would like to see, but I know it's never going to happen because at least it's interesting to me because we I at this point we've seen almost everything. I would like to see a feud where like okay, so and so wins Money in the Bank, huge pop, blah blah blah, whether that's boo or cheer, or whatever. 
And then obviously they're, you know, the subsequent guy that they've been feuding with, they go back and forth. The other guy beats him for it, right? And then he's thinking, oh shit, do I cash it in now or do I hold on to it? And then the other guy has to fucking, you know, go, hey, you beat me for it. I want a rematch. And then he wins it back. So then it's kind of like they, they play hot potato with the case because then, then you're kind of like at least, you know, your feet are to the flames. Like, do I hold on to it? Do I may lose it to this guy again or do I try to cash in and get rid of it and try to be champion? Or is that guy going to try to come after me? You know, I think... That's where we're at, where we've seen these things over and over and over again. I just want to see something new. How about new. this? How about this? Because you know how they have a quote-unquote 30-day rule for the titles, which we know is bullshit? How about for every 30 days you don't cash in? To continue to hold it, you have to defend it. I, I, think I love that. I think that's, a, that's yeah. a great idea. I, think I don't you're love it, but I think that would be a very interesting caveat because instead of just having it, like, some people use it great as a prop. We've talked about it over the years, like the Miz being one of them. Like, some people just use it great as a prop. But it sometimes it needs to be more than that because they'll do what they always do. Oh, uh, the Miz is holding the briefcase. He can lose 16 matches in a row until he cashes in. It just like it's it gets tiresome. It's a, it's, a, so it's definitely a formula of just like oh we need this person to lose or we need you to forget about this person so that they can have a surprise cash in you know or or make it seem like they're so far away from it that when they do cash in you're like oh yeah. Like Dolph Ziggler wasn't on WrestleMania but he cashed in the night after. It's like that was a big fucking pop because you didn't think of it. Same thing like you know. Seth Rollins was very far away from that main event, but found a way to run down the aisle. So I get it. But like I said, we're getting tiresome of these things. And I think having new ideas is really important. That's why I was so energized by Raw, which is odd to me. But we'll get to Raw at yes. some point. Well, we will definitely get to their best Raw of 2021 is the teaser. But next up, Nutsalmania, we have um, this Alexa Shayna thing. Um, you said different. This is definitely different. Um Alexa won the match because she mind-controlled Nia to, like, hit Reginald, and it distracted Shayna, and um, this continues to be a giant mess. Um, I don't, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's definitely not my favorite thing going on, but it's definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen, and at least, like, it feels like the Alexa-Shayna thing felt fresh, like, so besides the doll, I don't really, I don't, I don't, like, hate this thing as much as some people do, besides the doll, which I hate, but it just... It's not my favorite, but I don't think it's outright bad either. The doll can't hurt you. She's in a timeout, JC. Thank fucking God. I, but uh, what bothers me is that fucking Alexa Bliss always has the best music. Now she has the worst music, and all I see is that fucking doll in the background. I hate it. Yeah, that, we'll talk more about that when we get to Raw, but that, that, that made me have a head-scratch moment where I went, wow, okay, we're really just we're ripping the Velcro off this Fiend thing and making it completely different, but that's fine. Um... How do you feel about the five finger say to the face slap thing? Like I, I, uh, I was, I was, I get it, because they they went out of their way on Monday to kind of like make more of it, I guess, in that promo. But I just the whole slapping hypnotizing thing. You're walking a fine line between Three Stooges and 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 like scary. It's one of those things. It's like we've had these moments where you teeter the edge of it, like really leaping the dolphin. Like even with Bray Wyatt, we talked about some of the stuff um, that he did. But the thing that I think with Alexa that makes it kind of stick out more is she it is such a playful character, like even more so and everything. And but it just it's definitely teetering the line and they have to be careful. But I think for what they're doing and when we talk about Raw, like being a variety show, this definitely stands out. And they're actually they're finding ways to have I think the positive of this is we're having women's feuds that don't involve the title. So I think that's exciting because that's something we're always critical of with WWE. They've gotten better at it, but it's something that we've always been critical of. But they found a way to really like make a niche here of where 
Alexa Bliss may never have to touch that title again, like you always bring up for people like The Fiend or The Undertaker. Like, she's kind of put herself in this category. She was already there popularity-wise, but now with this gimmick, like, it's kind of like its own thing. So those are the positives of it, but it's definitely... There's some of those moments where they they got to be careful because if they pull up the something like if you pull up the doll again, you're gonna lose me. So, well, I think that doll is coming back one way or the other. So either suck it up, Buttercup, or just fast forward one of the two. Oh no, I'm gonna be fast forwarding. I ain't sucking up shit. I don't suck up shit, bruh. I sweep the shit away. So you're not a Hoover, you're a broom. Sweet baby. You are a broom in so many ways in this podcast. Anyway. Yeah, I sweep, your, I sweep your ass every week, baby, for OJC. Next up, match of the night. And the best part of this match of the night was what happened after when WWE.com or Fox put up a poll. What was the best match of the night? And this match wasn't lifted and Sami Zayn called him fasting. Like, this is just so typical. It's fitting of these guys. We know what happened. There's certain guys, like, when they fight. It's like, you know it's going to be great. Like, Rollins and Cesaro, I think, are kind of in that ilk, too. But Zayn and KO are another level, as we know. They have the long history. And this match was fucking awesome. And I really liked the win for Sami Zayn. Obviously, KO pretty much said after he's taking a little time off. But this is great for Sami because his gimmick has been great. He's still around. But he's not really doing anything. I think this is a nice win, whether it propels him back towards the IC title or towards Money in the Bank. This was big for Sami Zayn because it was the first signature win he's had pretty much since he's been the champion. Look, I love this. I, I would even go as far as maybe putting this in, the, in a JC and TJ putting this in category match of the year. I really love this. I thought this was like Russell Boner just kind of like hamming it up, beating the crap out of each other, meat on meat. Just like they just beat the crap out of each other. And I just, I couldn't believe the amount of just how much they beat each other up. Like, obviously, I know that, but I just. For the love of God, like, you always forget. You forget how much you hit your friends harder than the people that, like, you work with. Like, you always you always hit your friends harder. That's just, you hit your siblings harder. You know, it's just like you just do it because you feel more comfortable. This is that extent. I just was like, this is this is amazing. And every time I was watching it, I was like, I was almost fascinated with how much more they were taking liberties with each other. And then, you know, the big kaboom at the end. And then, you know, Sammy wins, which was a definite needed, as you said. I almost here's the thing about Sami Zayn is, and I think this is the one caveat that they've they've dropped the ball on specifically. I would have found a way to book certain, not this match in particular, but just in general. I would have found a way for him to look like he could have actually added some of these things into a conspiracy theory, whether it's different angles with his shoulder up, or or he you know he did have oh no this happened or that happened or you know like so that he could actually build a case for the conspiracy instead of looking like a tinfoil hat all the time because that's funny and everything. But I think at some point he has to have some validity to what he's saying. Otherwise, he's just the same old kind of song and dance, and we're going to get tired of it. And I don't know what the next evolution of Sami Zayn will be. And if we're stuck in this thing for a while, you might as well give him a crumb of a cracker because otherwise so, it's kind of uh. Here's my one disagreement. I don't know if it's possible to get tired of Sami Zayn. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys where it's just like I feel like the fact where he gets more annoying, it just works with him. He's one of those guys who has that ingenuity. He's proven He's proven it now. I remember when he came into WWE, people were always like, oh, he's a pure wrestler. He doesn't have that extra, like, like comedy thing or the extra character thing that they need in WWE. Well, he fucking developed it. And I think another guy who's kind of like the ilk, this is a comparison that I more make, is like, the, like, because we compare Johnny Gargano to a lot of people. I think he's more in the path of what the Sami Zayn is, where these guys come in and pure wrestlers. Maybe the personality isn't here. And you just watch their personality develop, and you're like, holy shit. These guys are great. And Sami Zayn has become one of the better characters, personalities, just in general in WWE. And he's just done it like 
he's just done it, and it's been great. And I, so I don't know. I will. I agree with everything you said, except for the fact that we might get tired of him. I don't know if it's possible to really get tired of him because he, in his own way, like he's one of those guys. He serves him a platter of shit. He makes it at least look good, and he makes it. He spins it his own way to make it interesting. So, I have faith that Sammy, no matter what the position they put him in, because we've seen them put him in a lot of shitty positions, he will make the most of it. But you can't you can't sit here and say that like you're gonna get not get tired of it if he does the exact same thing over and over again six months from now. He won't though. He won't though. Even if they present him the same thing, he'll make it different. Whether it's simple things like it's it's just the little things you talk about, like him kind of getting this insane character. He does the crazy things with his hair and everything. It's just like where it's every night. It's like it's just something a little extra. Where it's like oh, that's funny. Whether it's like he makes himself a meme or something. There's always a little flavor with Sammy. A little extra flavor. Like oh, if he's getting fail. Oh well, here have Logan Paul make it interesting. He did. So it just I have faith in Sammy Zayn WrestleMania. Okay. Well, so, something that I didn't have faith in and actually really enjoyed. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even say it with a straight face. So Charlotte and, and Rhea happen, and I thought first off, I thought I was going to come on this program, and I thought that I was going to eat crow saying, wow, this was a really great match. It was. It was until point. a certain point, and then it just kind of fell off like the the face of the earth, <sighs> and it just was – they couldn't let Charlotte lose no matter what the situation, so they're like, God, DQ, and then, you know, it is what it is. So it bothered me uh, so much that – and I, it's not the, like, oh, my God, Rhea lost. It's more the – like you said, I think – Who's the fucking heel? Like who? Like what were we doing? Yeah, literally, this is yeah. so like to pull back the curtain a little. This is I probably turned on the pay per view like just after this match started, and I hopped in the Zoom and like I'm watching this and I'm like, Rhea's been acting like a good guy the last fu- couple weeks since Charlotte. Now all of a sudden she's the heel. Like it's just like it's so confusing with her. It's just like that's been the problem with this feud is there's no there's no consistency with it. And I will say like the idea of how they want to do this by have Rhea being like, kind of like following in Charlotte's footsteps by getting herself DQ'd on purpose, doing whatever she could to protect the title. And they obviously reaffirmed that on Monday with that unnecessarily long segment. But the idea of what they did for this feud was not bad, but the execution and like that they have done since this feud has started up and through this has been absolute dog shit. And that's why it just doesn't ring well. Like you said, these two have chemistry in the ring. That's apparent. We saw it at WrestleMania last year, and now we're seeing it. We saw it again until they fucking completely, like, ruined it. The way she got DQ'd was ridiculous, too. She threw the little fucking flimsy piece at the top of the table. Like, oh, my God, Charlotte got a paper cut. It's like, <sighs> if you're going to do it, fucking do it, man. Have Rhea grab a chair and have her fucking kill her. You know what I mean? Have her pick up the snaps, have her kill her. Have, hell, you want to do a Kendall stick? Have her do that. You want to? I just like you have to find the wimpiest, stupidest little thing you can use and have her get DQ with that. Come on, come on. See, my biggest gripe is one thing, JC. You want to present Rhea Ripley as an equal? She's got to beat Charlotte Flair to be an equal. She will. Right, and I know that's maybe what they're aspiring to do. She's not gonna fucking win. No fucking way. But but do you get? Do you get what I mean when I say that? I actually think. The idea around the feud isn't bad by having Ripley, like, because Charlotte keeps talking. She's a savvy vet. Well, Rhea's clearly learned from Charlotte and like, you know what? You did have me beat, so I said, fuck you, I'm keeping my title. Like, that's smart. That's something Charlotte always says is she's smarter than everyone else. She's better than everyone else. Well, Rhea, she's took a page out of Charlotte's book. So the idea of that, it's not bad. But the execution across the board of this entire feud...
Wow, that was a wet one. Yeah, I spit on my computer. You need a moment? Need no, to wipe up? done squirting. Okay. All right, just wondering. Uh, then we get to the main event, which, uh, thank God it's over. That's all I can say. Um, you know, it was a decent match, I guess, if anybody cared. But it was a, Honestly, let's, let's be real. This was a very good violent it's match. Very, it was physical. It was this very was physical. Really, this was probably the second best match of the night after I rewatched. Even ahead of Seth Cesaro for me because these guys used the cell well. They showed off the violence of the cell well. But it just, like we said the whole time, we're watching it. I'm just like, I just want it to end. Because the dispute is so done. If this was like, if they had done this feud right, this was the ender, we'd be talking about this being fucking epic. But it wasn't because we just didn't care. But I will say, these two guys busted their ass. Drew McIntyre had two fucking great matches in a row. And I didn't care about, like, really either one of them because I'm sick of him, which is a shame. But these two, this is one of Bobby Lashley's best matches I've ever seen him in. Think about the length of it. Think about Bobby Lashley. We haven't seen him in many long matches, but some of these matches with Drew have actually been very good. And he's proven that he can go the distance now. So that's a positive. But like you said, thank God it's over. Yeah, I just wanted it to be done. And I think that's the hard part is just from a from a fan standpoint, regardless of like trying to have some analysis on this. Again, we've beaten this as a, as a dead horse every single time. But it's just it's so hard to watch something over and over and over again with no spice, no flavor, no nothing. You know, the best part of Bobby Lashley arguably was having the Hurt Business with him. That's gone. You know, it's just like, and I, I know that's not a fair thing to say, but when I watched this this match, I said, Drew McIntyre is going to kill himself in this entire match to prove a point. And he did. He did a good job. I mean, granted, the the hands under the apron, and you know, pulling the crash mat away on that one thing everybody on the internet's losing their mind over. But besides that, I think that you really got to think about the safety of everything too in that cell. And they did a good job making it look brutal with the safety of it all. So congratulations on that. But I think the longer it went made it even, made it even more painful as a viewer for me. Like, and I get like going a 20 minute match is a big deal for some people, but for me, you're already fatigued before the bell in terms of a three hour program. And then you put that. I was going to say you're you're fatigued, but but once the entrances are over, you're already fatigued just because of the feud. So that's, that's what I mean in terms of, I do want to give them credit for actually like the the performance they put on because everything was working against them in terms of us caring. Mm -hmm. And they at least put on a good show. Like I didn't, I didn't, I just, I was so over it. No matter what they did, it was going to come off as a failure. But I will say just like, as we were watching it, even though I was only half paying attention, they did buy me in where I was paying attention heavy by the end because they these two guys didn't put it all on the line. Yep. But it's sad. It's it really over. is sad. It's over. And I'm you know what else is over in WrestleMania? Pay per view matches without a crowd, baby. Glorious! We're headed we're back, baby. We're coming back. No more Thunderdome bullshit. A few more weeks of T V, that's it. But that's the most exciting part about Hell in a Cell is that it is the end of the no fan era at pay per views. I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully all the fans crap on everything that we love, and then <laughs> the fans will cheer everything we hate, and it'll be right back to where we're supposed to be. Um, no, but it look, I, obviously, we'll see how it, it transpires at Money in the Bank. I think Money in the Bank is a good offshoot for everything. I mean, the, obviously, the Friday before, they're going to have it on Fox because Fox seems to ha- control WWE for the next five years, it seems. But we'll get there. Quick question before we get into the shine. Yeah. What is your favorite pay-per-view, Royal Rumble or Money in the Bank? That's tough because I love them both for different reasons. So here, so here's 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 what I, here's how I feel about this, right? Like Money in the Bank as a concept, I think has endless possibilities and an amazing fun. 
On the other hand, Royal Rumble for me is the let's get everybody together party. Let's have some fun. And you always like that's that's the, and the I think that's why in January it's the right place to put it because it gets you into WrestleMania season, gets these you know cat fucking what does what does Todd call you a filthy casual, gets all the casual fans in back into the swing of WrestleMania season. So it's an easy way to introduce all these people, and you get those fun moments too. But I think that the Rumble is one of those like casual Super Bowl events versus Money in the Bank to me is really more of a hardcore. Just this is amazing, like car crash kind of thing. Like they're just they're not the same, but they are. It's 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 hard. Like it's hard. But I think for me, I would go with the Money in the Bank only because I've been to both, and I've enjoyed watching a Money in the Bank more, just based on. I think I appreciate being a wrestler and appreciate the amount of pain you're putting your body through versus a Royal Rumble is a kick-punch struggle in the corner for however long you're in, and you're done. As much as I love the Royal Rumble as a concept, I think it is better than Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, for me, as, as a particular wrestler, like I think you put your body on the line. You deserve the praise and the moment and all that stuff. So that that's why I think Money in the Bank, and it's special. You can carry it around for a while. I agree with everything you said. Um, the one thing I do want to add is um, that I think is exciting, because I was thinking about this last night, because obviously, like I said, up the top. That was the best Raw of 2021. I don't really think it's debatable. I don't think there's anything close. And obviously it's because we're headed to something where we. the reason why I compare to the Royal Rumble is I feel like, like remember how they used to do qualifying matches for the Royal Rumble? They haven't really done that the last few years. So I feel like the lead-up to the Rumble has been very lazy because of that and hasn't been as good. Whereas I feel like the lead-up to Money in the Bank is always good, at least for a week or two, because you have these exciting qualifying matches. Like, oh my God, I have to watch Raw and SmackDown because... Like, we're going to find out who's that. Like, all these matches on Raw had stakes. All these qualifying matches, whether they, the tag team ones, whatever. We're going to get into that because I agree with you. I saw your tweet. I agree 100%. But at least, like, they had stakes. As opposed to having random... The reason why we hate six-man tags. They're fucking useless matches with no stakes. Well, all these matches had stakes. The single matches were fucking awesome. We talk about this all the time. Like, Ricochet, AJ, put them together. I'm going to watch that all day. Jomo, Randy Orton, I'm going to watch that all fucking day and oh riddle and mcintyre already talked it another fabulous fabulous match like it's just riddle's just on a run here but that's it's great and we're in the shine now um much like mandy always in the shine another great segment out of her this week they knock outspired it off. The tie, just knock no it need off. To talk about that knock but it off. i will say we mentioned it there those three and obviously the big thing there was that the three like newcomer underdogs on raw were the ones who got the win and qualified for money in the bank which is i think it's exciting that means new blood you also get some of these guys, like, we've been worried about Jomo and WrestleMania. We've been worried about Ricochet. These guys are getting their shine here at least for a month. And then obviously, I think Riddle being in that match is great as RK-Bro continues to be the best thing in wrestling. And those backstage segments, those two guys together, Orton and Riddle, when it was backstage, like, the stuff of Orton just watching Riddle on the ramp or Riddle chasing around the on the scooter. And then the stuff after the match, I was fucking dying. Riddle being like, Come on, bro. Come on, Randy. And Randy just has his arms folded and is just staring back. And the riddle goes, is there someone behind me? <laughs> like, I just, when crowds come back, these two fucking guys, it's going to be like Team Hell No. I'm ready to say that now. Like, these guys are just so, going to be so over because their chemistry and their ability, like, in the ring, outside of the ring, everywhere, it's just like, it's fucking match made in heaven. And having Riddle be part of the match, and Orton not yet potentially being part of the match, 
It's so good. It's so good story-wise. So I'm curious your takes, but for me, like, that was the absolute shine of the week was Money in the Bank as a whole, but the RK-Bro stuff, it's like they're finding ways to make them the most relevant thing on the show without them chasing the title yet. They're doing a great job of it. I think they're they're using them as the vehicle to drive it instead of having to look at what's in front of them, and I think that's very important to the equation here is you look at it from a standpoint of the character. It's a character-driven show, so the characters need to drive the story, not the story drive the character. And you can you can you can convince me the opposite, but I think that this is a strong point. No, here you're right. Where the characters are kind of looking at it like, okay, well, if Randy Orton and Riddle are the ones climbing up that ladder at some point, you know, it'd be you know hilarious. But we may we may not get that. We don't know. Or it could be like I said before, it could be Riddle winning, and Randy Orton and him having to feud over that champion, you know, that that championship shot for a while because. They're mad at each other, which then you prolong that for a while before they win the tag title. So they can find ways to make it work. Because I honestly believe that RK Bro is not winning till SummerSlam, and, and that's their like cultivating 100%. boom moment yep. kind of thing. Which it, honestly, I feel like WWE is so slow on pulling triggers that it's going to be like just over the climax of where you think it should but be. I but I feel it, like the only reason this one makes sense is because. We haven't had a crowd yet. Yeah. And so I think, like, by having these guys, or at least Riddle, definitely a part of this match, like, when crowds come back for pretty much the first, like, they're involved in this. So they don't have to get involved in the tag picture, and it won't feel stale because they're not going to get involved until after Money in the Bank. And then all of a sudden you have the leading into SummerSlam. It actually makes perfect sense if they go this route, which we definitely feel like they are. Like, this has been well thought out, and that's why it'll still, I think, feel fresh because Money in the Bank is a great device to kind of Put those things on feuds and use them in a different way. Sure. Or put those feuds on hold. Jeez, I can't speak. That's okay. Yeah, you get the point. I do get the point. Um, something I did want to—I want to make two points really quickly. I was gonna, actually going to save one of these for my hopes, and then I realized I had two hopes in my brain as you were talking. So I'm going to blow—I'm mm. going to blow it right here. Unless you want me to do two hopes because it's money in the bank, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It's up to you. It's up to you, bro. Choose whatever your own you want to do, bro. Okay. Well, I'm going to—I'm going to say it here because I tease it, and I don't want to be that guy. So, here's what I thought. Right. For Money in the Bank, I just love the opportunity of what it's supposed to be, right? Like what it, what you're what you're getting here is a championship shot. But when I was really thinking about it, you you, you did name a couple of people in here, right? But here's something that happened, and we didn't talk about it. But I think it, it, it it's not shine worthy. But I think this is there's nowhere else for me to put it except here or the hope. There was a backstage segment with the modern day Maharaja Cedric the you know Cedric the Entertainer as we joke about it, the sports entertainer, and then Seamus with his broken nose kind of thing. And they were talking about the one line that, that stays quickly here for me is the fact that Jinder said, hey, you didn't even have me in here. So if somebody gets hurt, I could be an alternate. And I think this right here is where I'm curious to see what we do next week with this entire three-man thing because – I'm sure you're going to talk more about it later if you want. This is but, my hope, yes. <laughs> but like, but I'm just like in my head, all I could think about was like this. This could be very interesting, very, very interesting mm -hmm. going forward. And I'm, I'm super excited to see where Money in the Bank is because this is the first year in a long time where I believe that it is not kind of a foregone conclusion so far. And I know we're really early into it, but I think that there's at least, like you said, there's so many people that are out of the title picture. That could be launched into it, or there's different levels of it where there's a dark horse, there's a front runner, there's so many more exciting things. And I think with the crowd, it's just like this entire feeling of 
I don't know, it's just like percolating and it's so cool and I'm so excited for it. And the other thing very quickly is that when you look at the money in the bank, it's really hard to think about this, but here's something else I wanted to talk about. I, I the reason why I thought this, this entire raw was really good. You talked about all these upsets, right? This is an upset. This is an upset, you know, like ricochet one, Joe Mo one, all these things, riddle. Oh my God. You know, like all these things are happening. But I thought the reason they did this, and I don't know if there's something that you have either correlated or maybe you want to bring up later, but they wanted to make it a night of uneasiness. They want to make it a night of like, oh my God, anybody could beat anybody. For the fact that Lashley may lose against Xavier Woods, like, can it be a whole night of like a full moon effect? Like craziness is going to happen here, which I thought was a nice little thread. Because when I was watching the main event, all I could think about was they went out of their way. Like, obviously there's probably happy accident here, but... They went out of their way to be like, oh, we've, we've got a night of like upsets and like these, not no names, but these people who don't get featured as much winning. And Xavier Woods falls under that category of like really awesome, underappreciated, should be somewhere higher than he is, yet isn't. And then he got in the main event in a Hell in a Cell on a Monday Night Raw. And I thought that they, I thought that was just something that we, we should talk about because the match itself, regardless of how you felt about it, is what it is. But I thought in terms of the story point of the Hell in a Cell on Monday, did really well, really well. Yeah, so this song, this is my other big reason why I really loved Raw this week, is that, what have we been talking about? Lashley and Drew, over and over boring. Even though we had, like, a taste of Kofi, the New Day interrupting the Lashley round, lounge was great. I instantly got excited when their music hit. And that's what you should feel in wrestling. Like, when you get an interruption, a lot of times we roll our eyes. This one I did not. This one I popped, I was ready, because I was like, this is good. And obviously, we immediately get it. Kofi, Lashley, at Money in the Bank for the title. Mwah! beautiful but the woods thing like you said was a surprise and like yes this was our fourth hell in a cell match of the weekend and i was fatigued by it but the reason all the reasons you said like i was excited for woods i was excited for this and that just makes you think about the possibilities we've had is obviously it's been one thing i've been thinking about it's been a lot of mvp coming at kofi telling them like you know what what is this what is this i'm disappointing you but for me the interesting thing in all these interactions i've been watching xavier woods because I've just been waiting for that day. Obviously, now Biggie's away from the new day. When that point is, with like, I think Xavier Woods could be a really good heel. And when is that going to happen? Well, he's now taking this beating again, and he, his promo was great about being overlooked. He proved he can belong. Hell, I'd love for him to be actually the fourth guy from Ron, Money in the Bank. It's, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't know how he gets involved there. But it has me thinking where it's just like, I don't feel like Kofi is going to beat Bobby. And I think the reason why it might be if, what if. Xavier Woods is the one who turns. You know what I mean? I think that would be exciting. And it might not happen, but it's just something that's been in my mind and why it's been exciting. So I love that he got his opportunity here to go against Lashley because it's one of those things when, when people turn heel, it's usually because they're sick of getting knocked down again and again. Woods finally got his opportunity, but then Lashley beat the fuck out of him. And then obviously after the match, he continued the beatdown. So this to me is just exciting stuff because Kofi Lashley by itself, already I'm already in. I'm already super excited. But having Xavier be such a big part of this storyline and be involved, I just it's what, what I always talk about when I like feuds, moving parts, different things to think about, different possibilities. And there's a ton of stuff here. So I'm going to be watching all of this really closely. Um, I know our boy Dom said on Twitter that Big E won and he cashes in on Kofi or something. That would be fucking cool too. So there's there's so much fun stuff here. Um, and I thought another reason, but besides just the qualifying matches, this stuff right here, which was threaded all throughout the night, was why Raw was so good on Monday. Anything else on Raw that you want to talk about specifically? No, but do we want to go to SmackDown? Sure, let's do it. Because I feel like it'd be hard 
to not put Reigns and Mysterio in the shine. Obviously, it feels like a while ago now because it was Friday, but this was obviously supposed to be on the pay-per-view. They moved it up for probably a ratings grab. They probably realized, like, hey, we, we can probably get away with it. Let's give SmackDown a little rub because they've dropped some viewership recently. Um, like we said, this storyline has just been good. It's like I, they're making me care about a Rey Mysterio title match. And the match wasn't overly long, which surprised me. I thought they'd give him more time, but I thought it was still brutal. I thought what happened need to happen. Reigns looked good, as he always does. And WrestleMania, what did I talk about last week? Now they're notching the belt. They even brought it up in the commentary. They're like, man, if you look at the list of people Reigns has put on, I was like, this is literally verbatim And I was saying in the podcast. It is impressive. Like, you pick out a baby face on the roster, they're on Roman Reigns' belt. So I thought this was well-deserving of shine this week. Yeah, look, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great storytelling. I didn't necessarily think the match itself was anything positive or, or I don't know, anything to gloat about. But the power bomb at the end, like he did to Dom, and then he picked him back up and Uad and just beat him. Thought that was great. Then they added insult to injury afterwards with the celebration. With you know, the, you know, Jay not being there, but Jimmy being there instead gave you some type of feeling of like, okay, like we're interested to see where this goes because Money in the Bank is one of those, as we joke about the Royal Rumble for the you know, the titles. You know, it's like, let's get the Dolph Ziggler's a championship shot in the Royal Rumble. The Money in the Bank's very similar in terms of like, we'll take a, we'll take a, we'll take a flyer on this person. Although Kofi Kingston's not necessarily a flyer, but I mean, maybe who knows on SmackDown what the flyer will be? Who knows? Maybe it'll be Dominic. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, and that that'll make hey. that'll make me squeamish. <laughs> That'd be fucking great. But it'll make me squeamish for sure. Um, but you never know. It, it but they could do something like that. Who knows? Um, but they did a great job. Um, making it seem like a big deal. The only the only caveat, and I think this is the thing that drives me fucking bananas, is they went out of their way, and I understand why they do it, but it's just like as a viewer and as a hardcore wrestling fan, you kind of like, you do roll your eyes at it. You're sitting there and you go, are you kidding me? Like, they already they already advertised it's going to be Hell in a Cell on social, and then Ray comes out and challenges him again for Roman Reigns to be like, are you sure? Like, it's just the whole, like, we're, we're wasting time in my opinion. But that's just me. Like, I, I think we are wasting certain things like that. But, I mean, what other way are you going to do it? I guess if people didn't look on social, you have to do something to make it seem sen- like, I don't know. I just, it bothered me. And I think it's probably a little thing. But it's just, those are the things that I feel like those are missed opportunities for other talent that can probably use the time. So. Quick question, though, before we go to the heat. Um, what do you think is the plan for Roman and Money in the Bank? I mean, I jokingly said Dom. But, uh, I mean... I mean, maybe. Is this the time we get? Well, I was thinking, is this the time maybe we get that Jimmy Uso match? And maybe what happens is that whether he buys in or they bail after, because I don't know, SummerSlam sure feels like it's going to be a bigger name. There's obviously rumors out there, but it sure feels like it's going to be a bigger name. So I feel like, unless if they really drag out this Reigns Jimmy thing, I'm looking at the roster, unless like Cesaro just lost, so a rematch there doesn't make sense. Seth shouldn't be anywhere near him in terms of a title yet. Save that because you're you're leaving breadcrumbs. So just looking around, unless if they do a Ray rematch or like you said, Dominic, I feel like this could be the Jimmy Uso time. I hope so. I hope I hope it is because I think the next challenger here is really not just. This is another time where Money in the Bank can end the show anyway, so Roman Reigns doesn't have to be the main event. I would even go as far as look. Lastly, and Kofi should end the show. Really? Okay. I that's what when I watched that I was like I want that to end the show because. No matter who Roman faces, even if it's good, we know Roman isn't losing. We also know that if someone's cashing in, they're probably if they cash on Roman, it'd be a loss. But if you look at Kofi and Bobby, there's a chance someone could cash in. Yes, I know they haven't done that in a while. They've been ending the show on a Money in the Bank match, which they will likely do that again. 
But I just think it'd be far more exciting to have Lashley and Kofi, which everyone and their mother is going to be rooting for Kofi. And that Kofi mania hype is going to get so big where it's just like, hell, I'll blow, this is going to be my other hope. It's just like, you have Lashley and Kofi, out comes fucking Brock and kills both of them. And all of a sudden, like, well, here's what's going to happen. They're going to try to do Lashley-Brock at SummerSlam, but Kofi's going to Daniel Bryan himself into that match because he's going to be so over. Even though, like, we want to see Brock-Bobby, like, Kofi being involved, that's why I just have Brock going and go kill both of them. So all of a sudden he got triple that, but you also have the money in the bank lurking. Like, I feel like that's the one where you end because there's so many possibilities on top of Kofi getting a championship opportunity, which is going to have all of us going crazy. But more than likely, I think it'll be, like you said, the ladder match ending it. But man, Kofi Lashley would be my pick. That's a good point. You you sold me on it, so that's great. I think you, you definitely made me a believer out of it. All right, let's get into the heat. Let's get him off my TV because uh, there's there's some shit here. First off, off just on this is the this is number one position. Having tag tag tag, excuse me, tag matches to qualify for Money in the Bank bothered the fuck out of me. And here's the only reason: you're if if you're Naomi and you win, you're like fuck Oscar's in this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the way I don't so, like it. It's just like, why are you both celebrating? Because eventually you're gonna have to turn on each other to climb that ladder anyway and well, try to win the briefcase. Well, they're celebrating because they both got in the match, Adam. No, so who the like, fuck is Adam, Josh? There's gonna be three other people anyways, and guess what? Asuka was gonna be in it no matter what. So that point, you I don't agree know with that. You, you don't know that. If they lost, you don't know that. Well, shut up. You don't. No, you shut, shut up. Fake news. No, you shut up. It's a podcast. We're supposed to. Neither of us should shut up, or else we'll get really boring. Um, Silence. <laughs> But no, I obviously they did it probably to save time, which again I would have just had two Ugh. this week, two next week. But yeah, whatever. exactly. Like, You've got time. You had time. On the woman's side, on the woman's side, it made sense because you have tag teams, and I loved that like Eva and Dewdrop were kind of like in it together. The match obviously was ridiculous, but I do think it was kind of crazy that all of a sudden you had Dewdrop already uh, being like, "What the hell to Eva and screwing Eva over?" Because even Marie is still undisputed and undefeated, like she said. I completely agree with that. That that pinfall is fake news, but. Um, the right people, I think, of the four got in the match. And I'm surprised you didn't put this in your shine because I know you didn't like the tag part, but I actually kind of dig what they did with Nikki. Really? Nikki, yeah, so I know it's ridiculous and over the top. Bear with me. But I was also someone who loved the Shorty G stuff. And the reason is sometimes to get these people that, like, we all really like, but there's something missing. There's always been something missing for me with Nikki Cross. I get why people get excited for her, but I could never – take her serious enough so they made now now made her so freaking ridiculous that i have to pay attention and like you might be like oh you just said you couldn't take her serious how can you do it it's the same thing of the shorty g thing for me it's like suddenly like it's so ridiculous i can't look away and i'm paying attention because it's ridiculous and all it's gonna do by seeing this is anger me and anger the rest of the virgins on the internet being like how can they treat her like this this is ridiculous nikki cross is far too talented to be put in something like this but guess what? Same thing like I said about Shorty G. You're talking about it. You're thinking about it. It's on TV every week. Like, the last couple of weeks with the Nikki Cross stuff being shoehorned in with Charlotte and Rhea has just been like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. But also this week I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking costume I've ever seen. This is a ridiculous idea. But you know what? This might fucking work. Because immediately I was thinking, I was like, okay, Bliss is going to be in there. She can easily win Money in the Bank again. I wouldn't do that. Naomi and Asuka, meh. You know who I want to win Money in the Bank? Nikki fucking Cross. And this is coming from me and WrestleMania. I've always been a Nikki Cross hater, but this is the most I've ever been like, there's something here. And it's one of those things where it's like, when, when I say there's something here, it was the same thing as Shorty G. It's something to like keep them there and try to elevate them. And 
I'm, I'm caring. I'm caring about Nikki Cross. And I literally, I almost made my hope about Nikki Cross winning the money in the bank, which is just insane. But I, WrestleMania, I don't know what it was. But the only thing I didn't like about it is that they kind of ignored the Nikki and Alexa history. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was just kind of like Alexa's in her own world. So whatever. She's like literally, she might not even know who Nikki is with how out there she is. But I don't know. There's something about it, WrestleMania. This is the most excited I've been about Nikki Cross, and it's because it is so ridiculous. It has my attention. Are you okay? I, I'm telling you, like, it's just, it's literally like all I could think of is just like, this is like how, why I felt the way I did about Shorty G. And I understand why people get upset about it, but when I look at it that way, it's like, that's good. Because you're like, you're going like, yes, you may have cared about Nikki Cross before, but this is how you really, it's the same thing, argument I made for Dewdrop last week. You're so fucking mad about the name and the treatment that she's getting over yeah. by doing something that shouldn't get her over. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing here with Nikki. And I don't know if was it you or someone who said something about Molly Holly, yes. like maybe yeah, have an influence me. here. Yeah. Like the minute you said that, I was like, that makes so much sense. And you know what? Bravo. Because sometimes you need that different, like, injection of a different way to look at something, a different way to think about something. And if that was Molly Holly, bravo. Because Nikki Cross has potential. They've just never, she's just never had that it that I've been looking for. They might have found something here. The one thing that I felt so bad about, and it's, it's not her, it's just, it's her accent, and they gave her a hard thing to say, was when she said spirit, and I was just like, oh. Spirit! Yeah, as like, as just I tried I so hard. No, it is endearing. It is. It is. It, listen, she she can do no wrong, honestly. But so here's the thing that here's the caveat to what you just said, and I know we can get into a large argument about it, but we're already going long, so I'm going to say let's just let's just cut it here. I said the thing about Shorty G, and I agree with you on what you said, but it didn't. Shorty G didn't elevate Gable. He went backwards into what Gable what he was. I'm hoping that it's not the same case for Nikki Cross, where it just gets abandoned and then just goes back to whatever. So. Uh, the, so that obviously that is what happens in WWE, but I will say like it was elevating where he almost won King of the Ring. That fucking shit, like well, that, that whole like whole thing. It, he was there. It's just like most things, they put him back in. But I think for Nikki, the timing of this around Money in the Bank, I think it's an opportunity. I think it's an opportunity. It's one of those things. It's also like yeah, sometimes these things like they get only get you so far, and then it doesn't reach the next level like it did with Gable, but. And at least where it's like we have that history now, and I mean, as you've seen, Gable's so good. I'm just you're just glad that he's employed, especially with everything that happening. If he didn't go through that run, who knows if he had even been on TV anymore, and he might not be here anymore. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So it's just it's one of those things where Nikki, she was kind of starting to tell that lie, where it's just like we haven't seen her in a while. What are they doing with her? But this was this is the first time ever I've been like, I'm in. I cannot believe this was this is this is eye opening, eye opening. All right, something else I'm going to switch gears over to SmackDown that made me very upset because one Guthrie, Roy Hartford, that's right, you, Guthrie, you wrote out a tweet that made me so angry, so angry (laughs) that I wanted to call it out. He said, Commander Aziz, greater than Omas. (laughs) I I was like, well, that's certainly a hot take. Yeah, so hot, it's cold. It's just so bad. I just, I could not believe this. Personally, I thought this was the worst showing I've seen in general from a big man in the last 10 years. I mean, he just, he missed the ending of the spike. He wore that stupid jacket and looked like he was wrestling harder with the jacket than he was wrestling in the match. I just couldn't take it seriously. He looked goddamn ridiculous. Why he didn't take the commander jacket off and wrestle in a tank top and then put it back on is beyond me. I, maybe he has a tattoo he can't show on television. I have no fucking clue. But goddamn it, it was just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, I get why they did it. 
But this was not this this was not ready for prime time. This was a complete whoopsie. It did not make any goddamn sense. It was bad. And uh, he even dropped an elbow. He missed a pinfall and dropped an elbow on his own man. Like, how can you tell me he's better than Omos? Omos, I'm telling you right now, Guthrie. Omos looked great at WrestleMania. Exactly. They, here's here's the difference. Here's here's why I, I want Guthrie to sit here and be like, yeah, I, the next time I, I see Guthrie, I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to be like, he's going to do this. He's going to be like, just get away from me. Just get away from me. I don't want to deal with you. But no, here's, here's the difference, Guthrie. They had one debut on the grandest stage of them all, and then they had one debut... Randomly on SmackDown, smack dab in the middle of something. That shows you that what they think of the people. Now, I'm not saying they're both not going to be great. I'm just saying Omos is ten times better right now than Aziz. And there's no there's no denying that, Guthrie. So I appreciate your hot take. Um, I appreciate you taking a, a, somebody like me going out on a, on a, on a limb here and, and saying things. But uh, Jesus Christ, was that something that I could not let go? I mean, obviously it upset me. So there you go. Just wanted to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm curious. He didn't like, give much context there, but I'm assuming he maybe he thinks just character-wise because Omos comes off very goofy until he hulks up. Like, because it's just that's how he is—a big, tall, awkward dude. Which I like. Honestly, it doesn't bother me because I've seen him turn it on. Like, whereas he's like seems much more composed and more menacing in like the jacket mm-hmm. and his role. But like, if he's talking in ring, he's a million percent Ron. Even character-wise, I enjoy Omos more. But. Yeah, I just saw uh, that was uh, that was a hot take. Um, here, the other thing on SmackDown that kind of was just kind of like F for me is they've been talking about bringing back these specials like King of the Ring and stuff. It's like, okay, well, then why are we trying to new King of the Ring on SmackDown? Right. Then? You know, Nakamura gets the crown from Corbin, which, you know what? This honestly is the best thing to happen to Corbin. I hope he gets into money in the bank and becomes a badass. Hell, let him win it again, baby. And maybe this time we'll actually fucking win the title. God damn it. Um, but it's. It was definitely time for Corbin to lose it, but I just I don't know what we're doing here with Nakamura Boogs except for treading water with that thing. I hope that he knights Boogs. That would be hysterical. Like Boogs becoming part of like he'd be like the court jester or just being like a knight of you know the round table. It would be great. Be awesome. Because I think I think there's a lot of mileage if they become a tag team. I don't think there's a lot of mileage in just him being the sidekick. So well, you know the first thing I thought I of. It. I thought of as an intercontinental title feud between Apollo and Aziz and fucking yeah. Nakamura and Boogs and yeah. maybe a title versus crown match. Cause sure. I mean, I think that crown would look a lot better than Apollo's head if we're going to be tossing around the crown, you know, sure. cause he's already a fucking prince or whatever he calls himself. King. So. See, let's see. I didn't even think of that. Now you're making me want to watch that. So thank you for that. I just, there you go. See, yeah. even though we've seen Apollo and Nakamura a million times with this flavor and with the two sidekicks, it feel fresh. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all. Although I, you know, like I said, Corbin needed that thing off of him quickly, so I'm glad yes. it's done. I'm so glad it's done. I we think can it's go a- back to just the "I am the thunder, I am the lightning" as opposed to the. I do love the little regal like. And I hate it. I, like I hate that, it. It sounds. It sounds like it's time. It sounds like it's somebody edited that in audacity and had no transition whatsoever. In my opinion, it's well, just they like probably did. It's terrible. The amount of audio editing that is taken there, it was done by novice. It, it makes me so angry. Anyway, let's get hopeful because I'm tired of crapping all over this stuff. Do you, would you like to start with your hope, considering I almost blew it up? Yeah, let's fucking do it. Well, you didn't, you kind of blew it up, but not really. So, obviously, next week on Raw, they actually announced what matches for Raw. So, brav the fuck oh for you. Monday Night Raw, thinking ahead with booking. But uh, it's uh, the three losers getting the opportunity, and that'd be Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and Drew McIntyre, which, I mean, it's just, it's so typical WWE, especially, but they went out of their way to, like, show all these people that aren't getting a chance, and... But like I said, my hope is that it was all for a reason. Kind of build it up. Obviously, we, you talked about the one earlier. You didn't mention Jeff Hardy, but he was also a part of that promo with the other three. Then you also had uh, Ali and uh, 
Mansoor, Ali kind of reaffirming to Mansoor about, you know, this is what happens here. You don't get opportunities, blah, blah, blah. So it all kind of played together. But you mentioned it, what Ginger said in that promo. Well, what if we took someone out? That means they couldn't be in it. Okay. And Cedric was kind of like, yeah, yeah. So my expectation is that that match is going to change. Whether they do the WWE thing and make it a six or seven man match and throw in all those guys, or if, you know, maybe our buddy Drew McIntyre gets taken out by a certain, you know, guy that we've wanted him to feud with for a while. That'd be Jinder Mahal! Because here's why that feud would be good. Jinder's got two fucking big goons, man. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make him tough to get through. And those are two fucking guys for Drew to try to get through. Where, honestly, looking ahead, I think Drew Jinder would be a good SummerSlam feud. Because like, Drew's going to be in a big match on that card, and I think Jinder would be perfect with these big goons. And the way when you start it is next week. Drew McIntyre gets laid the fuck out by Jinder's two big guys. Jinder goes up being like, I'm in this match now. And then, but obviously, you have the other guys who they kind of tease, and Cedric and Jeff Hardy. Sheamus has the nose thing. I thought they did that well. And be like, oh, no, I'm hurt. So he probably won't be in it. But my real hope here is that I want Cedric to somehow get involved in this. And I want Cedric to kind of weasel his way into being that fourth member of Money in the Bank and kind of finish off the thing where you're looking at the Raw being like, Ricochet, Morrison, Riddle, Cedric. Oh, my God. The young guys. The young athletic guys. They got in on Raw over the AJ Styles, the Randy Orton's, the Drew McIntyre's. Because, look, like I said, Jinder would Jinder would make, obviously, more sense to be the fourth guy because he's writing Drew off TV. Then you can have Drew return. But... Like we said, or like you've said earlier, like there's no reason for AJ to be in this at all. So, but I don't, I don't really think that taking him out would be a thing. And then Cedric taking out Orton, I feel like it'd be more effective to have Orton in this actual match because hell, he'll probably be the one who wins. But just because you get that riddle involvement, maybe he costs him again. It continues to cause a discourse. But I really want Cedric to get in there because we've been looking at his character. He's kind of been getting that rise. He went through Shelton. He's obviously had the back and forth here with Jeff Hardy, which is probably why he won't get in. But I just think it'd be really exciting for him because sometimes you got to do it with these guys that you're kind of half pushing. It's to put them in a big spotlight match just so you can show, like, this is what these guys can do. And you know Cedric in a ladder match is going to be great. So that's the main reason why I'm on him in there. But I'd be fine with Jinder. So that's pretty much my hope is I want all the fucking chicanery next week starting this triple threat. I want it to change, to move, to shake, whether it becomes a four-man, whatever. Get either Cedric or Jinder in that four spot. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Because it's money in the bank. That's delightful. I'm very excited for that. Uh, my comeback, sorry, I can't even talk. My hope is very specific, uber specific, you might say. Uh, so this has to go with the fact that Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley are probably going to be in the main event, as JC predicted, uh, at the end of Money in the Bank, right? Fingers crossed. All right. Also, here's what we want to do. We want to have Big E... In the Money in the Bank. Big E has to win Money in the Bank for this to work. So, if you think about it logically, here's what I've wanted. Here are two things that have already happened. Xavier Woods got beat up by Bobby Lashley. And they've been talking about how you guys have been clowning around for years. Right? And before this entire thing happened, they gave Big E their blessing saying, It's your time now, buddy. We know it's your time. And they're still best friends. And, and, and Kofi's been going out of his way talking about the people he surrounds himself with. Right, So then you go to Money in the Bank. Big E's already won. We're getting to the main event. Everybody's going nuts for Kofi and yada, 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 yada. And Bobby Lashley destroys Kofi Kingston. So now you've got two-thirds of the New Day out 
and Big E comes directly in right after and just beats Bobby Lashley within an inch of his life, becomes WWE champion, gets his moment. He gets to celebrate because he gets to avenge his two friends. It's something completely out of left field, and I think it'd be really cool to see. I think the crowd would pop huge for it because it'd be a celebration similar to Kofi Mania, I think, and Bobby Lashley could then just face Brock, which I think is a big enough thing anyway because I think the run that Bobby's been on right now being dominant, being the almighty against Brock Lesnar doesn't necessarily need a championship. I think we're going to want it to see it anyway, regardless if there's a championship. I'd prefer without one, personally, because then they can just beat each other up and we'll enjoy it. And I think Big E getting that giant moment at the end of the pay-per-view, because they're going to need a shot at the arm at the end of Money in the Bank. They're going to need like a real, like the crowds are back. They're going to go nuts. We need something amazing. I think maybe Big E's a little too early, but I think that the way that this is happening It'd be a nice crescendo to be like, Bobby Lashley could beat two-thirds in the New Day, but he didn't beat all three, folks. And there is somebody that's just as big as the Almighty. It's Big E. So I think that's my hope that because I think that that'd be a really cool story to happen. And then you could put them all back together on Raw. It'd be really cool because Big E on SmackDown has been doing okay, but it's kind of like, what do we do now now that he's lost the IC Championship? So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag please God. <laughs> Better yet, how about this, Nestle Mania? Because the minute you said... Put all three on Raw and have them get back together. You know what I thought of instantly? The Shield. Have fucking Xavier Woods hit Big E in the back with a chair. Run it back, baby! Because that, especially after what would happen in the euphoric moment, because they'd all be celebrating to close Money in the Bank, and then to have like their typical New Day party on Monday, to have that turn, like you talk about Pops with crowds being back and hyping up for SummerSlam. Woo! Imagine if it was Kofi, though, because... If Kofi lost and stole his moment, if Kofi was the one who turned heel, it'd be that would be the shocking one. So, oh man, I'm percolating now. Ooh, You're perco- ooh, ooh, percolating. Yeah. Bubble bubble. It's getting hard. Let's go. What did you get in hard? What? Nothing. Don't call it a comeback. Pew, 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 pew. Dun 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 dun. My guy, Ricochet. I love watching this guy just fucking pew pew around the ring. <laughs> he's what he's just there's nobody does nobody does what he does. And I love when there's I just love it. I can watch him literally all day. Him and AJ was porn, like you said on Twitter. And uh, he's in Money in the Bank. Yeah. Ricochet pew-pewing with ladders and tons of people. Can you stop with just, the pew-pewing? I, it's just it's can you too imagine, much. Can you imagine the fucking spots we're going to get in this year's Liars match with him and Morrison and God knows who else? Nestlemania. The pew-pews aren't just going to be happening in the match. Stop. It's going to be happening for all of us at home. We're all going to be going pew-pew-pew-pew. Ricochet, well-deserving comeback. My guy, hashtag stud, hashtag Mr. Money in the Bank, hashtag the man, hashtag pew, pew, pew. You're doing too many pew, pew, pews. It's making it very X-rated. Never. I don't necessarily. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. Mary. Anyway, my comeback this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. My comeback this week goes to Johnny Drip Drip. He got a huge victory over Randy Orton. I was very excited for him. Uh, clearly, he's been kind of, like, lost in the shuffle. The Drip Sticks, big deal. I mean, even the Miz is saying this is Johnny Drip Drip's time on the commentary. They went out of their way to do something special. I think he's a perfect plug-and-play character here. Not necessarily going to win Money in the Bank. If he does, I'd be shocked. It'd be awesome. Uh, but he's in there for the spots. He's in there for the spots. <laughs> we know. But God damn it, I mean, I wouldn't be okay. I would be okay with the United States Championship run for him. But uh, but specifically, my comeback going to, to him because again. For somebody that I was nervous that nothing was going to happen for the guy, they kind of found a way to make something happen. So I'm really excited for him, uh, especially not being a fan. He kind of turned me into one in this past year. So um, kudos to Joe, to Joe Mo, excuse me, and uh, the Drip Drip. So I'm I'm really excited to see where he goes after Money in the Bank. Good 
comebacks for both of us. But now we head to the big old finish in WrestleMania. Um, we talked about the triple threat next week on Raw. We also have Jackson Riker versus Elias in a strap match. You know what? These two already can't wrestle, so you might as well tie them together. It can't be any worse, right? Oh, my God. When they announced this, I was like, because this is like Rod never announces matches for the next week. And this was like the first time ever. And it's a Jackson Riker Elias. I'm like, well, so I should be really positive being like they're looking ahead. But it's involving two guys I could not care less about. But, yeah, that's a thing, WrestleMania. Strap match. I know it's your favorite type of match. There's a lot of bad matches out there. This is one of them. You know, it's yep. just strap matches in general have never. I and that That's not true. You go. Dom's gonna have a conniption if I say that. You go back to the eight, the seventies, eighties, and maybe early nineties. Strap matches were cool and awesome, and bloody and whatever. But the sensitizing of what a strap match is now, I don't like it, and I don't necessarily think it's gonna make it better, especially with the two combatants that we have next week. So you know, well, it's, I will it's say be this: bad. the only recent wasn't it? Uh, Cody and Brody Lee didn't they have a strap match? That was pretty fucking violent. Right, but again, um, we're talking about a different place that is allowed to be violent. Well, yes, no, that was just well, that was the first thing I thought of because yes, the WWE ones have been very uh, lame, and uh, well, these two guys are lame, so it kind of fits. But uh, I don't know uh, about SmackDown. I'm assuming they will announce some Money in the Bank qualifiers, much like Raw did. So that'll be exciting. It should be a great show on Friday. But uh, WrestleMania AEW Saturday for the second time ever this week, we have a title match between Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy. I, I love the idea that Jungle Boy gets a shot. I think the crowd loves him. He's got a great song, but. Just added old notch on the belt, right? That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, this is definitely a notch on the belt, but I think it's also being like, how do we get people to watch on a Saturday? Well, we have a, like a fucking 40-minute main event where these two guys just do their thing. Because in between the ropes, Kenny Omega is one of the best. So I think that match should be great. The other match uh, announced for the card, I believe, is Adam Hanman Page versus the powerhouse Will Hobbs of Team Taz. I don't really care about powerhouse Will Hobbs. Right now. I so I like I like the idea of Powerhouse Hobbs and he's better in the ring than I expected him to be. Um but yeah, I mean I love Hangman Page now, so whatever. It is what it is. But I, that's all like I don't know if you saw anything for NXT. I couldn't find anything, but uh check out our for sure our boy Dom's articles, the Joe Stoppers, AW articles as well as anything else on jobberknocker.com. The podcast, five stars, five flames, like, subscribe, download, all that fun shit. I know Apple Podcast is still a little funky fresh, so just make sure you're downloading it. We appreciate it. Um, Twitter, the handles are all listed in the description at Jobberknocker and Co. And then Facebook and Instagram, also Jobberknocker. So check us out on all the socials. Socialize with us. Tell us your thoughts. Tell Messel why his ideas suck. Tell me why my ideas are great. Or, you know, just say, yo, what up? What up, dog? What's up, Bri? Whatever you want. We'll respond. We'll like it. You know? Yeah, please pew 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 over JC all you want. Yeah, pew pew pew. Pew 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 all over Twitter. Hashtag pew. How do you how do how do how do you how, that's gonna be the name of the episode is pew 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 how do you spell pew pew pew? P e w probably pew 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 pew. Because p u would look like you're saying p u, so you gotta go pew 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 pew. So like p e u, yeah, like the church chair pew. P e u, p e u pew 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 pew. All right, that's what it is. That's fine. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> fucking pew pew pewed all over this. All right. Pew, on, pew, pew, pew. All right. Stop. 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 On that note, we enjoyed talking to you folks. We enjoy that you uh, listen every single week on the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. Pew 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 pew. Son of a bitch. Pew, 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 pew.